You know, I, I think that there's things that come into our life for the good and bad, right? There's challenges that come into our life. Every disaster, right? With everything that comes into our life that's, that's bad for us, that we may see as a challenge, there's a seed of an equivalent opportunity. So for me, it was hearing the doctor say that I wouldn't live past the age of 17. For me, you know, it was, it was being hospitalized for, you know, days and weeks and sometimes up as long as up to a month at a time. For me, it was learning how to walk all over again mm. at one point. It was learning how to use my right arm here that they said I would never be able to have full usage of at one point, right? For me, it was, it was going through and having two hip replacements two total hip replacements, right? It's a combination of the tragedy sometimes that create the story. You see where this individual, this group of individuals, they go through this series of tragedies. And it's, I look at it as a test. And then it's, it becomes bittersweet to the point where now, because I've been able to go through these things, I'm asked to be on a show like yours. <laughs> I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. And I am excited, and my excited is excited for, for not just for me, but for all of you that are going to hear the wisdom from Ty Cohen. Ty is an accomplished publishing expert, internet marketer, personal development coach, mentor, internationally known speaker, former morning talk show personality in Raleigh, North Carolina, and author of who over a decade ago took a major gamble with his life financially by quitting his corporate job and starting a business of his own. You're already intrigued. I know you are, right? That business soon became both an offline and online success, generating millions of dollars in sales and totally transforming Ty's life as well as the lives of countless others in just a few short years. Over the last 11 years, Ty has taught tens of thousands of individuals how to successfully market, promote, and sell bo their books on Amazon's Kindle Direct plat platform and using the very system that allows him to generate upwards of 50K a month with KDP Publishing. You're going to learn his simple formula for turning life's obstacles into life's financial opportunities that will enable you to effectively reach your potential, your personal goals, and your business goals. Using a unique combination of tested and proven methods and resources, Ty's goal is to educate and empower individuals just like you listening and watching with the tools needed to operate a successful business both on and offline. After creating millions of dollars in sales and successfully working with thousands of clients across the globe, Ty decided to take that expertise globally and has created or consulted with thousands of individuals and businesses around the world, helping them to find that missing piece that would allow them to create lasting success in both business and life. 
Ty, what an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being on, brother. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm honored. You know, we had a chance to speak a couple of weeks ago and, um, man, just speaking to you and then speaking to you before the show, right? It just gave me something different. So I, I feel some, some energy in me that hopefully is going to come out in this show as well. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Oh man, we're so excited to have you on. And I, and I, and I had the opportunity to hear Ty speak <clears throat> in a prestigious panel with, with greats like himself and, uh, I know, I know y'all are in for a treat. So this is one of those episodes you're going to need to watch and listen to over and over again. I already know. So, so let's dig in, Ty. So we know the show is called How I Discover My Gift. And we, we deal with a lot of different components, mainly the discovering of one's gift, the developing of one's gift, and the distributing of one's gift. But I'd like to start with the story. Let's start with your, you know, just young Ty, little Ty as a kid. Like, take us through childhood to the becoming of who you are. Yeah, you know what? I'll give you a quick version of it really quickly. So, you know, I was born in uh, one of the roughest housing projects in the Northeast. It's called Father Panic Village. So if you go in and you Google Father Panic Village, you'll see where it actually was torn down because it was it was so bad that police officers and state troopers were afraid of coming in. Um, and oftentimes, you know, there would be death and destruction to the point where um, there was a state trooper who actually lost his life in that, that, uh, that housing project. So on top of that, I was also born with something called sickle cell anemia, which I know you're familiar with, right? Yeah. So sickle cell anemia of a disease and, uh, sickle cell is something that has, has tried to, tried to mm. cause havoc on my body for, for decades, wow. right? Um, I remember being in hospital, having a sickle cell anemia crisis, and I'm about 12 years old. I'm in the Yale New Haven hospital and I, outside of my, my hospital room, I hear my mom and my doctor having a conversation and the doctor in a very matter of fact voice says to my mom, Mrs. Cohen, you shouldn't expect your son Ty to live past the age of 17, right? I'm 12 years old. I'm hearing this conversation. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just devastated. I pull the covers over my head and I start crying. I start crying. Now, here's the thing. My mother never knew that I heard that conversation. The doctor didn't know that I heard that conversation because they're outside of my door. They thought that I couldn't hear. Maybe they thought that I was asleep or something, but maybe they thought I was just so in tune to what I was doing. But that was the starting point of my life. You know, had it not been for that conversation, I probably would have uh, maybe ended up dead or in jail like a lot of the individuals that grew up in my neighborhood. There's a lot of my mm -hmm. friends that I grew up with that I still have memories of because they're not here. Mm -hmm. Right. So so that was my reality as a 12 year old. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I only have a few years left on this earth. Right. Plus growing up in this area where there was nothing but drugs and destruction. So I'm thinking, look, I might as well have as much fun as possible. I got five more years to live. So I started to partake in a lot of a foolishness that I would see in the hood, in my neighborhood. And, um, you know, my mom and dad were separated. But luckily, my, my father had the, the he had he had the spirit in him to, to always be present. Mm. Right. I had, you know, seven or eight brothers and sisters, um, but he always had to, he had the, the, the wisdom to come by and be present in our lives. So I remember one day 
He was taking me and my brother. We were actually coming from church because he would take us to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then again, every Tuesday to Bible study. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we grew up in a Baptist church. So I remember coming home one day and uh, my dad had this this green Volkswagen Beetle. And he wasn't an entrepreneur. He was a hardworking guy. Right. He worked three jobs. And we're coming home and I see this book in the back seat, the back pocket. And I pick it up and I'm looking at this book and I'm reading it. And it says things like never let someone else's opinion become your reality. Mm. If you could look up, you could get up. Right. So all of these powerful. This was the beginning of a paradigm shift for me. Mm. That book was written by Les Brown. I knew it. <laughs> so you, you see this. Right. Yeah. So and, and if you're listening, if you guys are not familiar with Les Brown, go on over to YouTube, go and Google Les Brown. You're going to end up definitely being for a treat. But don't do it now. Wait until the show is over. Then you go in and do it. Right. So I'm 17 years old, about the time when the doctor said I no longer will be on this earth, right? The sickest cell anemia thing will take me out. Um, and again, I started living a really destructive life at 15, 16, 17 years old. I uh, started running the streets because I thought my time was limited. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, here I am. I'm, I thought that I would either be taken out by sick cell anemia or by the environment that I grew up in. Right. That book changed my life. It was a starting point. So we get to my house. My dad pulls up to my house. He's ready to let me and my brother out, my younger brother, Michael. And uh, the book is here. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I'm only into like 12 pages of this book. And I was a ferocious reader because having mm -hmm. sickle cell, I would spend, you know, nights and weeks in the hospital. So one of the coping mechanisms that my mom would use to get my mind off the pain was by mm -hmm. giving me books, National Geographic, comic books, anything that, you know, Time magazine, anything that I could read. Uh, so what do you think I did? We get to my house. My dad pulls up. What do you think I did with this book? You you took it? I ended up putting it under my shirt and taking this damn book. <laughs> and, and, you know, th thinking back in hindsight, I, I could have just said, hey, dad, could I have this book? Right. Right. You know, and he would have said yes. Right. Because he mm -hmm. gave me. So I, I take the book and the rest of the night. I end up reading this thing. I stay up to like two, three o'clock in the morning. I had school the next day. My mom's like, hey, you got to go to school. What are you doing? Why are you still up? And I'm just turning the pages. I had never heard anything like this before, David. And yet, I've never seen anything like this from someone that looked like me. Right. right? Les Brown. Right. So that was the power in it. So that again, that was the beginning of a paradigm shift for me. Um, it, it got me to the point where I said, I know that there's opportunities for me. I know that my life is not going to end at 17. Now, coincidentally, backtracking a little bit, I was in the hospital at 12 when I heard that. I went home, right? And then about six months later, my older sister, Gwen, who also had sickle cell anemia, she ended up dying from oh. complications of sickle cell. So she was in her 20s when she died. So that made this declaration that the doctor gave me even even more real. I'm thinking, oh my God, like this this is really something that is going to destroy me, right? I'm preparing for it. I don't see anything other than me not living past 20 years old. Um, but again, it, it it's sometimes you see this spark, you see this one thing that totally changes the direction of your life. And for me, it was that book by Les Brown. And coincidentally enough, Years later, Les Brown and I ended up working together. He actually ended up writing the foreword for my book, Kindle Publishing Secrets. Wow. Um, and I mean, 
there's a lot of things that I've helped him out and it, it just came back full circle. So um, look, sometimes when you're in these positions and you think that you have nowhere to go, right? As long as you keep going, you'll see an out. Mm. Right. So it, it, it's 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 sometimes as simple as that. And when we're in the moment, we don't realize that. Mm. Right. Because we're, we're seeing whether the bills are due. Maybe we're seeing where our health is declining or we're not in the position where we want to be. Right. Maybe the relationships are not where we want them to be. So, right. right we're, we're, we're people, we're humans where we see just where we are at. Right. We're so visual in that moment. But I'm asking you, if you're watching this thing and you're going through something right now, you just stick with it a little mm. bit longer. Because mm. I would have never, I could have never imagined that my life would be where I'm at right now. Wow. Right? Four beautiful children. I've been married to my wife coming up on 20 years. Wow. I've helped tons of people to, to, to see successes in their life. Um, I've made tens of millions of dollars myself. But imagine if 17-year-old Ty because of where he was at in his life mm -hmm. would have given up at that point jeez wow and the lives that you've impacted on top of that like wow yeah wow wow this is so profound Todd. i mean i i just i just wonder right going back to what you do you believe and i kind of know the answer but i i i, I want i want to do you believe had you not two things had you not heard what the doctor said and had you not read that book, would you have experienced your life in the way that it is today, do you think? Absolutely not. You know, I, I think that there's things that come into our life for the good and bad, right? There's challenges that come into our life. Napoleon Hill says, look, with every opportunity is the seed, the equivalent seed of an equal you know, with, with every, not opportunity, I'm sorry, with every disaster, right? With everything that comes into our life that's that's bad for us, that we may see as a challenge, there's a seed of an equivalent opportunity. Right. So for me, it was hearing the doctor say that I wouldn't live past the age of 17. For me, you know, it was, it was being hospitalized for, you know, days and weeks and sometimes up as long as up to a month at a time. For me, it was learning how to walk all over again mm. at one point. It was learning how to use my right arm here that they said I would never be able to have full usage of at one point, right? For me, it was, it was going through and having two hip replacements, two mm. total hip replacements, right? Mm. So it's, it's all, it's a combination of the tragedy sometimes that create the story. But again, we go through these, and, and we see this all the time, whether it's your favorite movie sometimes, it could be your favorite Marvel movie. It could be your favorite book, right? You see where this individual, this group of individuals, they go through this series of tragedies. And it's, I look at it as a test. And, and sometimes I say, look, oh God, I know, I know that you know that I can handle a lot, but I just wish you wouldn't test me as often as yeah. you do. <laughs> right? yeah. So it, it, it's, it, and then we have, it's, it becomes bittersweet to the point where now, because I've been able to go through these things, I'm asked to be on a show like yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But possibly had I not had those tests mm -hmm. and maybe if I failed those tests, because oftentimes, you know, I'm sure you've been you've been tested many times in your oh, life yeah. and you've passed those tests. Right. Yes. And then in hindsight, you look back, and you're like, man, this has made me a better, mm -hmm. stronger individual. Mm -hmm. 
Shoot. You're speaking to me, man. And I know you're speaking to the listeners, too. Uh, Ty, I'm curious, right? So after you go through this ordeal, I'm again, sorry. My condolences. I've, I've lost a sibling. I, it's not a, not easy to deal with. So yeah. my condolences to you. Um, you're seeing this happen. Your sister passes. And you're, you're still keeping the faith alive for your vision of of a better life because of the resources, the material you're reading. And, and, and it's funny, right? You said that being, having sickle cell, cause I'm, I think we, we talked about it. My dad has sickle cell. I know how, how debilitating it is. I know how challenging it is, but it gave you that time to read and pour into yourself. So it made you, you were already curious. It sounds like as a kid, but it made you more uh, to be able to pour that, that wisdom in by reading these books. So what, what vision did you see for yourself from there to adulthood, from that childhood? What 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 was that vision? In it? And then I want us to go from from the corporate to to the entrepreneur uh, journey and how that transition happened too. Yeah, absolutely. So so the vision that I had for myself was: look, I I just knew that the environment that I was in was not going to be the end all, right? Um, we had a lot of issues growing up. I saw a lot of stuff. I saw uh, you know our house get raided. I saw my nephew at 15 get uh, dragged off to jail for, uh, you know, allegedly murdering someone, right? And then spending 15 years of his life locked up. My, my, my nephew was like my brother because my mom had, had uh, raised him as well. Um, I, I saw our house get shot up. I saw just a lot of things. And I knew that that was not the environment. Even, even as a teenager, I knew that that was not the environment that I could continue to allow my mother to live in, right? Because I didn't think about having a family at that time. You, you're 19, you know, you're 20, you're selfish. It's all about you. So I knew that there's something that I have to do to get my mom out of this environment. And I knew that uh, working a nine to five was not going to give me the resources that I needed. I knew that entrepreneurship was going to be the thing because I had already been working for a good period of time. Right. And it, it was just enough to sustain us. Right. So entrepreneurship was the thing. So after being exposed to that Les Brown book, that first book, it kind of turned me on to personal development, self-improvement. It turned me on to entrepreneurship. I would go to the library um, way before we had YouTube and all of these other resources and spend hours at the library and just study and just study copywriting and study marketing and study personal development and study self-improvement and study becoming the best of yourself and putting the work in because oftentimes you know we could do the work but it's not just doing the work that's giving us the reward it's who we become as a result of putting the work in that gives us the reward right because now look david you've done some work that has changed you and that change can never be taken from you. Even if the work that you've done wasn't as successful, you guys might be looking to start a business. You might be whatever it might be, right? You're learning about podcasting. Maybe you're learning about marketing. Maybe you're learning about becoming a social media influencer or personality. And maybe it's not getting to the point. Maybe you're not getting the views, the clicks, the likes, the engagement that you want. Maybe it's not coming fast enough. But what is coming fast enough is the shaping of who you're becoming by learning and implementing and putting in the work. You'll never be the same again. So for me, learning, right, and going to the library and spending nights studying was the seed that I needed to grow into who I would eventually grow into, right? So now, one of the first businesses that I started was a business selling comic books. 
So I'm 19 years old because remember I said while I would be in a hospital, my mom would give me just everything. And I fell in love with reading about Superman and Batman. And I actually call myself the Black Superman, right? So when I go into a crisis, I'm like, look, Black Superman, we got to get out of this sickness anemia crisis here. I, I got to show you something because you said that. You look at the name of the show. This is our podcast logo for the show. Oh, my God. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I liked you for a reason. <laughs> Crazy. You gotta send me a picture of that. That is insane. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Did you have that drawn? Like you had that professionally created? Uh, I, I did. No, I we had a designer come and pull pull it together. He he, he did oh, other pieces, and then we just we added some elements to it. Yeah. I love it. That's a beautiful thing. You need to showcase <laughs> that, man, because people would love that there. So 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 now, I I started to sell comic books, right? And I almost did that by accident because I had I accumulated so many different comic books that one day my mom came into my room. I'm about 18 years old. And she's like, Eva, you're going to get rid of some of this junk. That's what she was calling it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or I'm going to get rid of it, meaning she was going to throw it away. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's no way that you could throw this stuff away. I've been saving it since I was like 10, collecting and everything else. So I started to uh, – at, at that time, there were – collector magazines called action figure digest and toy shop um and just different like collector magazines because i also would collect the action figures mm. so i collected like the, the actual individual spider-man and superman action figures so i had a lot of stuff that's why my mom said junk so i ended up uh listing some of these things in some of these magazines and look i didn't even have the money at that time so i started with a quarter page ad. it was a actually it was a business card size ad so it was a it was a size it was about the size of a business card mm -hmm. that was the first ad i put in and it cost me like 15 dollars yeah. i ended up getting calls i ended up selling a couple hundred dollars worth of my comic books and action figures and that started a business that I called Planet Toys back then. I had that business for about five years, man. I got it to a point where I started buying and selling collections. I would go in and buy comic book collections from like lawyers and doctors and action figure collectors. Me and my younger brother, Mike, we would go in and rent a U-Haul truck and we would go up and down the East Coast to all of these different comic book and action figure conventions and just sell stuff. And it was these two young black kids wow. and like this it was everyone, no one else around us looked like us because wow. we're still from the hood. We're dressing like we're from the hood and everything else, but we had like the best stuff. So we would outsell everyone else there. We would have like this swarm of people around our tables and it was the best thing because I'm learning to make money. I'm learning to provide value mm. in exchange for currency. There you go. Right. So the, the, the lesson for me was learn to fall in love with something mm. and then share that with other people beautiful because there's seven or eight billion people on this earth like you don't need to get all of them you mm. just need to get a small amount of people That's and right. you, you you share your passion and what it is that you love with those people they're going to become fans i ended up getting that business to a point where i was making about thirty thousand dollars a month at 21 22 years old and that's how i was able to move my mom out the hood Wow, wait a minute. I, I gotta I gotta I gotta put some some things onto this because I don't think everybody understands, right? Like like what you just did. Like it one, you 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 just you you're in an industry that right culturally not a lot of people right. are, are like us are in. And two, 
you didn't tell us what year that was in. So I know that the inflate, if you rounded that up, that's probably what, if you 30K then, when you yep. were 20, what do you think would that be today equivalent for people that are entrepreneurs today? Yeah, yeah that's a good question. That would probably be about 75 to 100,000. That's a month and now I, you know no one's ever asked me that question. and i've never thought about that yeah that's a, insane we went to a million dollar business as yeah. a 21 year old today yep back then absolutely and you didn't have half the resources no social media i'm assuming right no no and social there, media there's, there's like this is like i just i just don't want to I don't want us to gloss over that, like, because someone yep. hear that and be like, like that is not easy. What you just, what you did, and so I just, man, salute, just, just respect for, for that. Wow, wow. Yeah, this so, was like 1990. Uh, my young, my my oldest daughter was born in 98, so this was like, this was, uh, yeah, this was. So I had her at 27. So this was like 1990. Wow. 1991 or so. Amazing. You know, and then here I am. So I've got this amazing business, right? It's yep. running and it's doing well. And, you know, we I had clients from Japan that would actually come in and buy like five, six, seven thousand dollars worth of of uh, collectibles, not comic books, but collectible toys. I started selling like Bob, Bob Mackie Barbie dolls and Meagle dolls and just like a lot of a 12 inch G.I. Joe's. I still have a lot of that stuff. As a matter of fact, a lot of my 12 inch G.I. Joe's I never got rid of because, you know, I'm just a, still a collector at heart. And um, we would, I would wake up in the morning to faxed orders that came. And this shows you how long this was. Mm -hmm. So I had a fax machine that was on the floor in my room and I'm in my bedroom, still living up with my mom, right? Um, as a matter of fact, my account was under my mom's name, my business account, because I didn't know anything about business to that degree. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, shows you the, the, the ignorance as well. So I didn't know anything about business. Uh, had a business account, but had it under my mom's name. And I would wake up and sometimes I would get these orders for 2000 3000 My biggest order was $8,000 from Japan. And now we would, we would stuff all of his stuff into big boxes and take it to the post office and ship it out. It would cost like four or $500 and shipping. And we would have to fill out these custom forms and everything else. And I realized later that the Japanese were buying this because the comic and the collectibles culture was even bigger there than it was here in the U.S. And the Japanese yen was stronger than the U.S. dollar. So for so they were getting this stuff. They were buying it from me for like forty cents on a dollar. Wow! Because you know because their their dollar was so much stronger. Right. Than ours, right? right. But I didn't care because look, I'm making a ton of money, right? So, um, but it was it was fun, man. I'm getting excited just talking about it right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So take us from after that, Ty. You built this amazing business as a yeah. 21 year old. What's what transitions next? What where, what did you what did you move on to next? And and, and I don't want to also underscore because that's that's a big part of my why. Talk us talk to us about getting your mom out the hood. How how that that experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. So the the, the thing that transpired next was, of course, I'm making money now. I'm making look. I'm making so much money that uh, I'm making more money than the drug dealers. Mm -hmm. And I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. You can't live in the hood and you're like, hey, I'm selling toys. Right. I'm selling <laughs> hey, I got these Barbie dolls. You want to buy some? I got these Disney windups. I got all you want. Come on and get them. So, <laughs> so, so I was very, I kept it quiet. 
Wow. I kept it quiet. Um, and I'm driving around with amazing cars. I, I bought a Q45 Infinity Ooh. Cash with like $50,000 and all of this other stuff. Again, ignorance, right? You just didn't know at that time mm -hmm. because you're coming, you're not coming from the environment and you didn't have anyone. I didn't have anyone else that was in business um, to look up to. So at that point, almost everyone that's in the hood, there's just a few career opportunities, right? So you want to even become a rapper, a basketball player. So I'm at that time, Master P is huge. Mm. Um, Puffy, I don't even know if we want to mention his name right now. Bad Boy Records, so it's huge, <laughs> right? So you had uh, Murder Inc. was huge. Death Row Records was huge. They're, they're all of these record labels. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I got friends that are talented, that can rap. So I went in and I started a record label. So we spent all of his time in uh, the studio. We'd be in there all night and, you know, we would get our music played in like the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Not right. to the point where it did anything major, but we just had a lot of fun. We were celebrities at that time in our area. Um, and then from that, so I, I did that for a while, for about two or three years. And I started noticing that people would often come up and ask me questions. Hey, Ty, how, how are you getting your artists on the radio? How are you guys getting shows booked? What are you doing to manage your artists, right? How do you guys go in and book studio time, right? Mm -hmm. How do you make sure that you have contracts in place? Mm -hmm. So I started to get so many questions. And to me, I'm thinking like, man, this stuff is simple. Like, you guys don't know this? And that right there, David, is when you know that you're onto something. When people start asking you for your opinion about things and to you, you're like, it's nothing. Yeah. But to them, it's it's complicated, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you know you're in your zone of genius. That's, That's right. when you know that you have something that, that becomes, you know, something that you can monetize. That's right. So that's exactly what I did. You know, it took me a while, but I, I ended up... Um, I'm going to Mega Evers in Brooklyn, New York. I ended up going there for uh, a summer and taking some music business education courses. And I ended up partnering and becoming friends with one of my professors who also was an entertainment attorney. Mm. So I, uh, at that time, I knew that for music contracts, it was expensive because I would pay $500, $400 for all of these music contracts. And I said to him, I said, look, if I paid you $5,000, would you have your paralegal give me a hundred contracts? As a matter of fact, I want a hundred and one of them. Where I want to just be able to buy these contracts and buy the rights to you, to them from you and do whatever it is that I wish. Right? So he's like, yeah, this crazy kid, what, what the hell is he? He wants to give me $5,000 for a bunch of boilerplate template contracts, right? Yeah. I ended up taking those, digitizing them, Hiring a company out of India to create a software program for me. It's called 101 Music Business Contracts. If you look online, you probably can still see it now. We don't sell it now um, anymore. And turning that into both a PC and a Mac format and selling that program on eBay for 97. Well, initially I started selling it for uh, $9.97, $9.97. Right. And I sold just a ton of copies, a ton of them. And this is basically a software program where people who have record labels, production companies, studios, whatever it is, engineers, they could go in and they can fill in the blanks and custom create contracts, music contracts and print them out. And now you've got a contract where you've paid nine dollars and ninety seven cents. It's a legitimate contract by an entertainment attorney. Right. 
uh, and you're saving yourself hundreds of dollars. Now, the problem that I had there was I was selling a lot of them, but like most entrepreneurs, I didn't know the value. So I was selling it for too cheap. I was selling them for $9.97. I'm selling them on eBay. And it wasn't until one day, by almost a fluke, again, I'm reading a book because I'm, I'm falling in love with, I fell in love with marketing, not falling in love, but I fell in love with marketing at this time. I'm reading a book by Dan Kennedy. I think it's called The Ultimate Sales Letter at this time. Maybe it was, or maybe one of his other books. Um, he's, he's had a different version, a few variations of it. Yeah. And in it, he says one of the biggest problems that entrepreneurs have is they don't have balls big enough. They don't have brass balls big enough to price their products or services at what they should be priced at. They're looking at the competition and they're pricing their products and services at what their competition is pricing it at. And what happens is now you become in this fight for who becomes the cheapest, who's got you, right? And it's a fight to the bottom. So that he said, most, most, uh, Entrepreneurs, most business owners should 10x their prices. This is way before Grant Cardone is talking about 10x and everyone else, right? So I took a leap of faith. After I read that, I said, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to price the software at $97. Do you know what happened? What happened? I priced it at $97. And that week, I started to get a sale in. Now, here, I, w I was getting... Before, when it was nine ninety seven, I was getting three or four oh, sales. When you said nine ninety seven, you talking about nine dollars and ninety nine? Nine dollars and ninety seven. The whole time I was thinking, you know, <laughs> I'm in the high ticket world. I'm like, I wish. Oh, uh, uh. uh, yeah, right. Nine dollars. Yeah, we hadn't started doing the high ticket stuff yet. Nine dollars and ninety seven cents. So now I'm priced at ninety seven dollars, and I'm seeing what my sales volume didn't stop. Wow. It didn't stop. So it reminded me that because. Every entrepreneur, and look, you probably deal with this yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If you have something to sell, you, 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 you start to deal with imposter syndrome. You start to oh, wonder, yeah. why would someone pay me? I don't have the credentials. I don't have the history. I haven't been in the game long enough. I haven't proved myself. Why, how do I justify charging what I should be charging for this? Mm -hmm. So I ended up, so almost every entrepreneur at some point in their life faces that question there. So what I ended up doing is, and I've had this in my, I keep it no matter where we live. I keep this. Can you guess what's in here? Um, Dan Kennedy said that most entrepreneurs don't have balls big enough no way. to be able to price their product or service. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> so look, every time I start to doubt myself. I could just go in and look. And, now, we have coaching programs now that are 5,000, 15,000, 25,000. Mm -hmm. And you start to get past that resistance because you understand, right? And as you start to get customers and as you start to understand, now, you can't price something at a price and you're not giving the value. There's not that value exchange, right? So don't just go out and think, guys, if, you, if you're yeah. watching this, that, hey, Ty says, I got brass ball. I got balls. I'm good, right? I'm going to go price it on anything. You have to, it has to be this fair exchange. That's right. 100%. Right? So Tupac used to say fair exchange, no robbery. Mm. Right? So you think about it from that standpoint, right? Yeah. Am I giving a fair exchange to someone? Now, yeah. it, it doesn't be have to be, am I giving them this course or this coaching program and they're not doing anything with that? Mm -hmm. Right? That's beyond your control. 
You can do everything that you can, but as long as the value is in there, as long as they go in and they implement and they take action, they will get a result. Boom. Absolutely. Right? So. Man, man, bro. Like, so, Ty, I, I am wondering here. What, what what would you say is your most dominant gift? Because I, I here, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a trend, right? Where okay. as, you, as you're telling the story, you're, 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 you're taking us through as a child and and you tend because you're you're an avid reader you just tend to see opportunity in a way that maybe other people didn't see you you obviously saw opportunity with the toys uh you're like mom's gonna say throw this out no can't let that go to waste there's an opportunity in that turn that into something you see the opportunity to take that to another level you go to you, you like you obviously get on the road with your brother you travel there's opportunity you, you sell to the japanese market there's opportunity you, you then go to a lawyer where the lawyer's like, why are you buying this for $5,000? You saw something the lawyer didn't see. You didn't, right. obviously, I'm assuming you didn't tell him what you're about to do. And then Not you build right. a software company. So I, I, two questions come to mind. Um, what what makes you think that way, number one? And, and number two, what is your most dominant gift? Man, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's just... So two things. So I asked my wife one time, she says, you know, you just like to make money, right? So I'm like, well, I was like frustrated with a business at one point. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just done with this. I'm, I'm done with it. Uh, and I forget how she said it, but then it had me thinking, I'm like, you know what? I do like the idea of turning something into, well, turning nothing into something. I, I like the idea when I first did that, um, I first started getting to into digital publishing, right? Because mm -hmm. with this music business that I had started, this record label that I started, you know, that then morphed into me creating a bunch of books, a series of books on the music business. Mm -hmm. And it was like turning these ideas into something tangible that people would then go in and pay for. Like that really blew my mind. To this day, it still blows my mind. Like mm -hmm. I still have books and, and content that I created 15, 16 years ago that still generates me royalties on a regular basis. And it still blows my mind how you can come up with something of value. Again, that's the key, right? Has to be a value. And you can put it into this tangible or now with the digital space, intangible format, and people are willing to pay for it, right? Mm -hmm. So the second question you know, I, I, I want to twist things around. I'd love for you to answer that. What do you think is the answer to the second question? You know, just from just from my interactions with you, I believe your gift is is vision. I, th I don't know. I just from from a again, yeah. from, from a perspective, yeah. like you have the ability to see what others don't see and and and, and I, I, I say that because I parlay those two examples. And then yeah. I think about some of the stories, like, and even despite you being in a position where you're given a certain amount of time to live, you were given some hope, read a book, and it gave you vision. And it I don't know. So that's my, that's my guess, is the yeah. ability to see with not just physical eyes, like, beyond what people can see, even if there's nothing, it looks like nothing is there. There's no there's no way out of this. There's no opportunity, and you're able to see it and find opportunity, find a way out, find something better. I don't know. That's my guess. 
Yeah, no, that's a great guest, right? And it's Michelangelo crafting with David from the slab, right? Yes. So, so you look at this slab, and people are like, "What? What are you gonna? What the hell are you gonna do with that?" Mm. Right? Like, and he sees David in this. Yes. And but here's the thing. So, and and coincidentally, we got David here, and David is, <laughs> but so David. Every single one of us has that gift. If you go back, right, to what I was saying earlier, it's the things that people constantly ask you for your opinion on. It's the things that people say, oh, my God, you're so good at this. And you shrug it off as it just being nothing. You think my wife is incredible when it comes to interior decorating. Mm. Every time someone comes into our home, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, did you guys hire someone? Right. Mm. And, And she'll go in. We would be. Sometimes at a furniture store, we would be at, I mean, it could be, it could be a Michael's or it could be, you know, a store like a TJ, just a basic store. And she's like, you know, I'm going to take this. I'm going to put it over the fireplace and I'm going to put this. And I have, I'm like, all right, I got faith in you because I'm not seeing it. (laughs) Right. I'm like, she'll ask me, what what do you think? Ah, well, look, if you think it looks good, I, I think it looks good too, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, I don't want to mess up my happy home. That's so I'm right. going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and then we get back and she puts it together and what she saw was nowhere near what I had the ability to say. Mm. So if you're watching this or you're listening to this, think about those things that you underestimate, those things that you take for granted. You, we all have multiple gifts in us. That's right. Now, the way that we figure out what those gifts are is we look back to our childhood. Sometimes we could say, well, what are the things that we used to get value out of, that we used to get joy out of, that we could literally spend hours doing and it and it seemed like minutes mm. or the things that we could do and and like we, we could go for hours without eating. Right. Have you ever done that? Like you've ever oh, yeah. done something and, and you're like, man, I didn't even eat yet. Right. Yes. Yes. That's because you're so in the moment, right? You're you 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 you're in that zone of genius again, right? And it's called so many different things, but those are the things that we tend to take for granted. Mm. Um, for me, it, it's 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 being on a show like this. It's being in front of people. It's being able to inspire people. It's being one of my personal missions is to positively impact the lives of a hundred million people wow. a year. Wow! Respect. Whether it's touching someone and, and again, genuinely doing it. It's like when you're creating your product, when you're putting together your book, your course, whatever it might be, right? You're building out the next iPhone, genuinely doing it. Right, right. Right? And there, and you have to come from this place of authenticity because people feel, we feel each other's energy. That's true. Right? Yeah. So people can tell when you're BSing it. That's right. Right? Yeah. So you come from the, hey, brother, man, that, I like those shoes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I like the way that you just said that. Or I love the way that you interact with your wife. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yeah. Seeing someone in the grocery store. Hey, ma'am, you know, do you mind if I help pay for this for mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Being at the gas station and or, or being somewhere where you're in line and you just say to the, the clerk, hey, I want to pay for the person behind me. Don't even tell them until I leave. That's That's beautiful. I love that stuff. Yeah. Right. So all of those different things, but we all have these, these zones of genius in us. And oftentimes we get confused because especially with social media, we look at other people doing other things. And then we try to picture ourselves, position ourselves doing that same thing. And it's not something that we're meant for. Mm. 
It's real. Right? So we just got to go with our gift. Like, we got to go with our heart. We got to go with what God gives us. And oftentimes, if we, if we don't know what it is, we pray on it. We meditate on it. God, please show me what is it that I'm good at. That's and right. then now, don't rush. Amen. Yes. Now, ask and be open. Mm. Be o So the late Wayne Dyer, he had a quote. This is one of my favorite quotes. And he used to say, be open to everything, but attached to nothing. Mm. Right? Be open to everything, but attached to nothing. And what that means is being open to new experiences, new trying new things, reading new books, eating new foods, going new places, making new friendships with people that may not look like you, sound like you, act like you, behave like you. Mm. Right? And not being attached to the identity Yes. The personality that you think you are, because oftentimes our personality becomes our reality so much that it holds us back from the thing that we really should be doing. Because we think deep down inside, oh, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm this introverted person. Right. So I can't be good on social media. Mm. That was me forever. Mm. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm this extroverted person. Mm -hmm. So people are not going to, you know, want to be around me. To, whatever it is that's in your head. Be open to everything and attached to nothing. Disattach from what you think your beliefs are and be open to trying other things. So I know that was a long answer. I love that. Yeah. Right. So but, but but did I get it right? So so what 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 is what is the dominant gift? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's seeing things, right? That um and, and as you were saying that I was thinking and oftentimes again I would see things and I'm showing it to someone else and they don't see it yet until it manifests. Mm. Right. But we, every single person on this planet has that. That's, yeah. that's what's up. I love that. I love that Ty. So I want to, I want to go into, to the next D. So we talked about discovering the gift. We always talk about the development and you, you kind of talked about this earlier and uh, it's something that somebody can instantly notice. And something I instantly noticed when I got the chance to meet you in person is you can tell somebody that has gone in the depth of learning and the depth of development. And I think it's something that that uh, is really important, but a lot of people don't see is is uh, what they call the the unseen hours or the the, the work in the dark or the, the work under the soil. Could you speak to about speak about in developing, building, becoming this multimillionaire, successful businessman, successful husband and father, like the work behind the scenes that you've put in to become who you are today that nobody sees? Yeah, um, you know, that's a great question. I'm glad that you asked that. So for a period of my life, I was totally submersed. And what I mean by that is I would pick a thing. Right. And totally submerse myself in it. What's this thing that I want to be good at that? I want to I want to be great at that. I don't want to excel at. I'll, I'll be honest with you, David. It's easy to beat most people. Like it's it's easy to beat the pants off of most people because most people will try most. And that's it. Right. Yoda used to say like Star Wars. If you guys are a Star Wars fan, Yoda says there is no try. There's only do. That's right. I have a note to myself here. That says, I will do what is required. I don't know if you guys can see that. Yeah. I, I would, I will do what is required. Not what I want mm. or not what I feel like doing, mm. but what is required. And what that means is, look, if I want to be, I've got four kids, right? So 
If I want to be the dad to my children that I know will be an impactful dad, I will do what is required. That might mean reading a book to them at night when they were when they were children, even if I'm dead tired. And instead of saying, hey, Tyler, I'm going to read it tomorrow. My son Tyler is at UNC, right, Charlotte. <clears throat> this weekend, we have a tradition. So every uh, first Saturday of the month, there's we're, we're big car buffs. We're into cars, right? Um, the faster, the better. So they have this thing called cars and coffee so now he's two hours away so friday night i'm gonna go up there i'm gonna stay in the hotel cars and coffee starts at like seven in the morning it ends like at 10 and because i don't want to drive at two at five in the morning to get there i'm gonna go in but I'm, i'm doing what's required my son's 19 building memories so now, you know, we have something to talk about. We've done these shows multiple times and to visit for years, and we still have things that, that we can talk about. Hey, Dad, do you remember when we saw the Ferrari 488? Oh, man, are you talking about the yellow one or the red one? Oh, my God, that's on my, my vision board. I'm going to get that one, right? So we have these memories. So you do, when it comes to business, building out a business, right? There would be moments where I'm telling my family, look, guys, I need this time alone mm. that I need. I would tell my wife, I would tell my children, I need the next, you know, 40 minutes over the next four hours over the next four days alone because I'm working on something that's going to benefit us as a family, mm. right? I'm working on something. Now yeah. you guys don't come in my office unless something's broken, bleeding, or, you know, there's bones hanging out. That's right. That's right. Right. But I'm working on, so, so it's, it's, Doing what is required. So it is it is totally submersing yourself into things. And at sometimes you're not going to have that total balance. That's right. And I think balance is bogus to a degree, especially when you're first starting out, right? You, you can't have the relationship, the personal time, the business, you know, your everything else all at once. Right. You know, now, once you start to, now that I'm at a different level, I can have more of those things, right? Right. I, I told my wife earlier, okay, where are we going to hang out at later on tonight? We're, we're going to go get some appetizers, right? Yeah. We, we just got back from an eight-day cruise for the holiday, mm-hmm. right? So there, I'm totally disconnected. But mm-hmm. when I was building out my business, it is, I will do what is required. Mm-hmm. You guys go on an eight-day cruise, uh, we're going to pass this one up right now. Right. We're going to take that money. We're going to put it into Facebook ads. There we go. We're going to put it into building out our team. We're going to put it into content creation because mm-hmm. that's going to give us a return, mon- a monetary return that going on a cruise won't. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get to a better point, you can go on a cruise and then that gives you a different return. Right. That gives you a return of the memories that you're building out. Something that the, the trinkets and the jewelry and the cars and the houses can't give you. Gives you a long-lasting memory, right? So um, it, it's getting to this point where, like you said, you start to, to read the books. Mm-hmm. Right? Doing what's required. Oh, but Ty, I'm not a reader. Do what's required, right? Mm-hmm. I have another st- sticky note here, right? Mm-hmm. And this one is... What would a billionaire do? Ooh. Now, when I get to a point where I'm stuck, 
on a decision and I'm thinking about doing something that's a, 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 a $50 an hour task versus something that's a $5,000 an hour task, what would a billionaire do? When I'm thinking about hiring someone, when I'm thinking about firing someone, when I'm thinking about taking a company in a di different direction, when I'm thinking about what our plan is for the next year, what would a bill, not what would Ty do because Ty is not at this billionaire level, right? I've made tens of millions, but I'm not at a billionaire level. So in order to get to the next level, I can't do it with the current understanding that I have right now of business, mm. right? So you have to have these projections. So, and that's the other part of it. So the other part is totally submersing yourself, yeah. but the other, it, it's also being intentional with your actions, intentional with the things that you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Intentional with your visions, intentional with the words that come out of your mouth, intentional with the thoughts, and just really being in a state of awareness to the point where you're totally aware of the things that you're doing, the mm -hmm. person that you're being, right? And the associations that you're making and the things that you, 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 you're actively putting time into. So there's a lot that goes into this stuff, but as you become more aware, it becomes a lot more easier. And then you, you were talking about having that third eyesight, not the, the, the eyesight that you see with your eyes, but this third eye, right? Yeah. Then you start seeing things that were always there, but now because you're a different person, you have the capability of seeing it. And you're seeing, and you're looking around, you're like, oh my God, they, they don't see this. Wow. Like they don't see this opportunity. It becomes easier to build out businesses that impact people and that make money at the same time. There you go, man. Ty, you're dropping so much heat, man. This is so fire. Um, so, so take us now more of distribution, right? You've gone through the develop discovery. We've gone through the development, and I mean everything you said is well articulated. What is required? Why? Uh, what would a billionaire do? These mindsets that that uh, you've installed into yourself, and obviously, I, before we got, we got, I believe I said this before we got to recording. I said I can tell you're a consistent person, like, and 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 I and and, and that obviously comes from deep work on yourself and and doing the things that are required, right? That's that's why you'll keep the tradition. You said you said you do an event every uh, that's you've been every doing quarter. For, every every yeah. quarter. You've been doing every quarter, you, you know, like I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing what you're saying. And I'm hearing the things behind what you're saying, because everything you're doing, there's a undercurrent of principles and uh, um, things that you adhere to. So, so take us through Tide. Now, I know people are wondering, you've got this shirt on about mm -hmm. Kindle. Right. And, and the year of the paper. And, and, and you have, I know you, 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 you got into, you went into the, you're in the comics, right? And then you went to, uh, and, and maybe, maybe maybe I missed some of the pieces that you went to from from this as far as businesses go. But then you went to software, uh, you went to uh, a, a record label, books. and you went to books. Yep. Uh, so tell us about this. And, and here's the connection that I, I've made, and I I definitely wouldn't have known this had I not heard your story. Right. Books actually have a sacred part for you in your heart because books is what you when you were back in the hospital or spending time and, and what your mom gave to you and you're what your dad, like it all connect, all the dots connect. So it's, it's intriguing that you're doing something that's around books. I don't think it's coincidence. So yeah, man, it, you know, it, it, 
Absolutely. It's definitely not coincidence now that I think about it. I've got, you guys probably can't see them, but I've got two bookshelves on both sides here full with books. I've got books over here in my video room, uh, content room downstairs. I've got bookshelves with books. I got boxes of books um, all over the place. So yeah, books, you know, so, so as I started to uh, create books around different topics in the music industry, one of the platforms that I used was Amazon. So Amazon had, and I think it's still around to this day, they had a program called Amazon Associates. And what you could do, actually, I'm, it's, it was called Amazon Advantage. The Associates program is their, their referral program. So it was called Amazon Advantage. And you could actually ship boxes of physical books to them. They would store them in their warehouse and then they would fulfill the orders. Right. So they would list your books on their site on Amazon.com. They would fulfill the orders and then you would get your percentage off of those books. So I was doing that way before the Amazon Kindle program came into place. And as a result, I got asked to become a beta tester for the Kindle program. Mm -hmm. So at this time, this is one of the times where, you know, I'm actually glad that I was wrong because David at that time, I'm like, who the heck is going to buy digital books like you know people want physical books that you can go in you can mark up you can you can kind of you know dog air and things like that you can hold so i ended up listing some of these same physical books that i had on amazon in the digital format in their kindle format and they started to do really well extremely well right mm -hmm. extremely well mm -hmm. um so that started my journey with digital publishing teaching people how and i and i did that for years before i actually even started to to teach people because I was so content with, you know, making 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 a month selling digital books on Amazon where I kind of wanted to keep it a secret. Mm. And it wasn't until I had two friends of mine, a guy by the name of Greg Caesar. If you guys are in the Atlanta area, you know, Greg Caesar is one of the most prolific marketers out there. And mm. another guy by the name of Stephen Pierce, Stephen Pierce coincidentally is the gentleman who I told you that had the learning facility up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So, so really well-known marketers, and they're like, Ty, man, this thing is, is rocking. Like, you really need to share with other people. And at that time, like I said, I was very introverted, extremely introverted. Mm. Loved the idea of making money behind the computer, nobody ever hearing about me, nobody knowing who I was, nobody yep. knowing my name or anything. And uh, so I ended up putting together a course called Kindle Cashflow. Mm. and teaching people how to sell digital content on Amazon, um, having tens of thousands of customers, even more than that, across the planet, ended up speaking on different stages across the planet, teaching the same method, uh, partnering with lots of affiliates across the planet. And that became what soon became one of my digital businesses, right? So now we teach people how to not only publish digital content on Amazon, but also courses and coaching programs and membership and continuity programs. We teach people how to do live events, virtual events. We teach people everything as, as it relates to digital marketing and digital publishing online. Um, so, so that you see how like you have this series of events. It just all connects. Yeah. That take place and then it connects. So that's something that I've been doing forever. And I think that what happens is sometimes we ultimately miss the things that are going to work out the best for us because we jump around too much. Man, and, and you've stuck with it. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to ruin your train of thought. No, 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 you're good. I'm just like, wow, this, this whole thing that you've been doing is has been, whew, and, and, and I, 
so I I did, I've lost track of time. I had no idea we've gone over an hour. And like, are you serious? Uh, yeah, I can't wow, believe okay. it. There you I was go. like, I was like, we. I, I have so many more things. I feel like we're not complete. Can we do a part two? We definitely have to do a part two. So. Like, like we're not gonna. I have yeah. normally. I have questions that we ask that we end it off. But like, this is so rich. Like that. I like. I literally lost track of time. I had no idea, and I want to honor your time. And I and I, uh, I'm I'm getting so much value, and I know the listeners are too. And there's just there's just too much too much value to put into one episode. I think if it's okay, well, we'll do a part two. How about we come back and we do a part two, and we talk about some of the things that have really impacted my business. We talk about uh, creating networks. Yeah. Right. Because you've all heard the saying that your network is your net worth, right? That's right. So being able to build out partnerships, regardless of again, if you are a person who you believe may be introverted or extroverted, right? You might be this person who's not open to building out conversations or, or, or meeting strangers, or you might think that it's difficult. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how do you actually find things that people actually want to buy? Mm-hmm. And how do you figure out what it is, whether it's a product or a service that people are looking to buy? How do you determine if there's not um, you know, so much competition that you should totally avoid it? So we can talk mm-hmm. about that. We'll then talk about how do you market it so that you have this omnipresence and you're everywhere. Remember yeah. I said that there's seven or eight billion people, depending on whose count we're looking at. But right. seven or eight billion people are on the surf. And how do you how do you get so much market share that you can never almost go out of business as long as you make sure that you do the thing that I talked about prior to that? And that is making sure that there's a market for it. So we can come back, we'll talk about that. Um and then we'll t- we could talk about, look, how do you make sure that you build a team? How do you make sure that you build a community around you, a community that helps you to build out your business? Um, there's so many different parts of this thing that we could talk about it for days and oh. we could keep going and we can have some fun. Oh, man, I- I'm excited. My excited is excited. Um, listeners, I already know you were blessed. I was blessed. Ty, thank you for this the wisdom you've shared already. And I can't wait for part two, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album poured my heart and soul into it includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it and i'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community so to get your copy all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com that's podcast.david the middle initial d simons s-i-m-o-n-s com and get yours today thank you for being a listener i'll catch you on the next episode how i discover my gift with david d simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious alive podcast network